So remember, again, when you're pushing to resolve the conflict and the conflict is getting more and escalating, have a different mindset to try to understand what's underneath the conflict. Welcome, everybody, to the podcast, Relationships. Let's talk about it. I'm Prebo Toplitsky. I'm a psychotherapist specializing in relationship issues. Everybody's got one. Partners, family, friends, co-workers, neighbors, relationships. Let's talk about it. Hey, welcome everybody to this monologue episode on the goal of healthy conflict. Yep. I'm saying the C word, (laughs) conflict, right? So many of us, we just don't like conflict. We avoid conflict. We don't have good experiences in conflict. We also use words like confrontation in a negative way. So I want to talk about it for a little bit because it is inevitable, especially in committed relationships and marriages and partnerships in family situations, most friendships, we are going to have conflict once in a while. And some people have conflict regularly. But I'm going to tell you what the goal is. I think the goal of conflict, and I said it before on a past podcast, that the goal of conflict is understanding. That's what it is. That's why we're doing it. We want to be understood. We are voicing our opinions, our wants, our desires. We're telling the other person what we don't want or what we don't like, what we don't agree upon. But ultimately, it's about getting to understanding. That's the goal of it. A lot of times people view conflict as got to win it. Winning is important. You know, conflict has been used to substitute the word for war, right? The conflict in the Gulf, things like that. What is that about? It's about winning the battle, winning the war. But I say because if you want to win, if you're going for winning, then that means that your partner or your friend or your child or your coworker is going to lose. And if they lose, the relationship is losing. Let that sink in. The relationship is the loser. So I think we need to retrain ourselves for the intention when we're experiencing conflict or that we know that we're going into a potential conflict, that intention is for understanding. And for that, you need good basic communication skills. You need to be a really good listener because you need to hear and really understand what the person is trying to convey, not just in their words, but also underneath the words and their feelings and their intent. I did a podcast on the art of listening back at one of the first ones that I did back in September of 2018. So that is a good refresher of really the components of listening. Because we all know a big one of that is if we have an agenda, if we want to win a conflict, 
then we're not truly listening to what the person says. We're listening to our own self-talk of what's going on. We're listening to how we want to make a rebuttal. The next thing that we're going to say, the thing that we're either going to defend ourselves or try to prove our argument or facts and back that up. Very seldom do we sit back and truly be interested and curious of what the other person is saying. And I know that's very difficult when we're in conflict, but again, we can change the paradigm to have that as more of an intention. So what I'm talking about is, is being emotionally available. And that's also knowing what our own triggers are and the desire for us to have our own insights of our learning process. It's interesting, I read that uh, some research shows that both partners in a relationship are emotionally available about 9% of the time. So that leaves 91% of relationship interactions that are ripe for miscommunication, misunderstandings, and therefore conflicts. So emotional availability is having the bandwidth to be able to stay present with the dialogue and the communication that's going on. Emotional availability is also, again, the intent to want to understand and be curious and interested. Emotional availability is to even know what we're feeling so that we can actually express what is really going on with us to, let's say, our partner so that they have a chance to really understand where we're coming from. You can pick up some more tips on the podcast I did on emotional availability and relationships on September 24th, 2019. Because I know when I am emotionally available to people in my life, my conflicts go much, much smoother. Because the emotional availability to myself is a component that I want to be more understanding more compassion, so there's intent to be able to be in the conflict and to ultimately move through it to understanding. Because I know that, especially in the work as a counselor, when I'm working with couples, so many couples go from connection or harmony. They have a conflict and then they have disharmony. And usually they don't repair it well. They don't repair the disharmony, the conflict well. And then they may not talk for a while. They just may let it go without resolving and transforming the underlying issues. And then they slowly go back into harmony. But then something else comes up for them to go back into disharmony. So they go from harmony to disharmony and they lack the art of repair to go deeper in connection and understanding so your relationship grows. So there you go. This is what the goal of healthy conflict is, to get understanding for your relationship to grow, for more intimacy, for more understanding, for more closeness. That's it, folks. So when you're in, when you're in conflict, if you can really be able to observe and retract a bit to to look and go, wow, this is uncomfortable. This conflict is really challenging, but I have an opportunity. We have an opportunity to understand each other more, to understand myself, to get more insights about me, 
to get more insights about the other person and to ultimately grow and have deeper connection and intimacy. It's always a chance to learn more about the other person. And conflicts are not always a sign of incompatibility. It could just take some time to really understand the motivations of the person, the challenges that they have and the differences that we have with them. And yes, there may be some incompatibility in your relationships and you have to decide to what degree there's more commonality, there's more value system, there's more positivity than there is incompatibility. But I know through the years with my wife, when we started transforming our relationship conflicts to have more understanding the thoughts that I perceived that we were incompatible about on issues, that perception changed in me. I no longer saw those things as being incompatible. I started understanding and accepting some things. Hey, we all know we want to be understood. I mean, think back of when you were a teenager, how misunderstood that you felt. And when you were in conflict with your parents, let's say, and you were really trying then to get to understand you, a lot of parents, they don't have the focus and the intention to try to understand where their children are coming from. A lot of parents are just too busy proving their point, trying to establish their power, too tired to go through the struggle don't have the bandwidth, don't have the skills. But just think if that was transformed. If parents have more groundedness to really want to understand what's going on with their teenager and their children. And when parents do that, they're able to move through conflict so much easier. So if you are a parent, just recognize the struggles that you're having with your kids. A lot of them is because you're not taking the grounded time to really be curious and interested in really trying to understand what's underneath the conflict and the struggle. And I know that can be exhausting. And I know that your child or a teenager may not have all the skills and they can be rude and they can be nasty. But everybody just wants to be understood. And sometimes it's letting go of that power struggle when it's just going back and forth. And let's say you're the one that really wants to be understood and you're not. Sometimes we've got to recognize how much struggle and energy we're experiencing, not keep pushing. My wife was telling me a story a few days ago about uh, some communication that she had with her mother and that she was trying to bring a point to her about some of the words that she was using, that if she used a different words or a different viewpoint of how she saw herself, that things may change. My mother-in-law was resistant to hearing it, and a little bit of a power struggle started happening, and a little bit of conflict started coming up. And that's when my wife realized it's better to have a connection. It's better to not push to be understood. 
it's best to just understand that her mother was not going to be open to hear what she was offering to her. So my wife let go of it. It's choosing your battle sometimes and having more internal insight. And for her, her insight was she was trying to change her mother. She was trying to change her mother for her mother to have different internal words so she saw herself differently. And my mother-in-law wasn't open to it. So my wife just had to have the insight to really accept that that wasn't going to happen. And sometimes that's getting to understanding, right? To understand that pushing change is not going to happen right now. And if you want to stay connected in the relationship, if you want to keep the flow of the relationship going, then it's not focusing on that, that struggle. It's more focusing on the different connections that you have with that person to build more and more and more of those connections and that flow. Yes. So sometimes it is wise in what and how we choose our battles. I know you've heard that saying to agree to disagree, and that can be very wise. And you could still have understanding with agreeing to disagree. A lot of people just shut down and they say, fine, let's drop it. We agree to disagree. With that kind of attitude, you're not agreeing to disagree. You're holding resentments. You're going to have underlying resentments. So there's other ways of just having that attitude of just accepting that there's different viewpoints, different things that we may tolerate. And that's through the process of trying to gain greater insight into the other person's experience, opinions, and viewpoints. My wife and I, we used to get into conflicts about some travels, about uh, some vacations, and we've taken a lot of travels in our life together as a couple. But a reoccurring conflict that we had around it would be perhaps my wife would want to go to some country, and she would just say, let's say, I brought this up in a past podcast and gave this story about going a little more depth with it. She said, I want to go to Italy. And I remember thinking, what do you mean Italy? You just went to Denmark a few months ago. And I was looking at it from the rational standpoint of financially, how are we going to do that? The feeling of going straight to solving it, resolution. Can it happen? Can it not happen? And we would kind of get lost in this loop of her bringing something up that she wanted like that and me going straight to, okay, well, how is this going to happen? Let's talk about the logistics of how we're going to make it happen. And finally, when we focused on what's underneath this reoccurring conflict, for her, what was underneath it was wanting to just dream wanting to have the possibility of going to these places and not be constrained by a quick rationalization. She wanted to share in the feeling and the possibility of what we would do and for me to get excited about it. And for me, it was really difficult to get excited about it because I didn't want to commit to it 
unless I knew I could do it. And so underlying for me was feeling the pressure that I would have to provide, that if I didn't provide it happening, that she would be disappointed in me. So when we finally would calmly and healthily, and I'm going to say that again, healthily work through that conflict with respect, with interest, with understanding of hearing each other's point of views, we felt more understood. And when I could just really let go of like, wow, I don't have to feel the pressure and the obligation to just satisfy a desire like that. I wanted that too. I wanted that that desire to be satisfied. But I didn't want to disappoint my wife. I didn't want to disappoint Rainbow. And when I could just give myself permission to say this to her, to say the pressure that I was feeling, the obligation that I was also putting on myself or that I projected that she was expecting me to make that happen. Boy, when I could just express that and and be understood by that, it was so much easier for me to dream with her, to say something to the effect of like, I really want to go to Italy too. And that would be really exciting. I would love to go on the coast I would love to drive a little Italian scooter down the coast like an Italian driver going a little bit crazy in and out. And when I started saying that with enthusiasm, she started getting excited and we started connecting just even in the dream of it. And that's what she wanted. Sure, she wanted the possibility of it going into fruition and happening, but that wasn't the main connection that she wanted. That wasn't the main thing that she wanted to be understood or heard about. She wanted to dream with me. So I gained insight. Through that conflict, I gained insight into myself, what was really going on, what were my fears. I gained insight and understanding of what kind of connection that she wanted with me. And that understanding just transformed the way that we would work through that conflict and conflicts like that. And a side note, lo and behold, I think it was two years after she first brought it up, somehow we made it happen and we went to Italy even after she was in Denmark for a few months. And I did drive that Italian scooter for three weeks or a month on the coast, on the Amalfi Coast, acting like a a wild Italian driver. And, uh, yeah, it happened. It's just funny that it happened after the understanding and the years before of conflicts like that, not having the understanding, we didn't experience those things. It didn't come to reality. So we all know what, uh, unhealthy conflict is. It's no surprise that conflict isn't usually a pleasant experience. And therefore, it should also not be surprising to learn that it can have adverse effects on our well-being. You know, there's some research that shows that male partners that were overly controlling and their female partners who were overly hostile during their conflict experienced more hardening of the arteries than couples who didn't engage in these conflict behaviors, right? Hardening of the arteries. 
that's like sticking and squashing the flow of the blood system of life. You know, when people take hard stances, we call that they're hard. They're hardening their stance. So literally in our body, that's happening, the hardening of the arteries. And also further engaging in conflict can cause the body to produce high cortisol levels, the stress hormones, a stress response, and it can also cause wounds to heal more slowly, especially with the hostile and negative conflict behaviors. So clearly the conflict is especially harmful when it escalates to aggression and violence. And in those kind of relationships, that includes violence and aggression. It is often the result of one person's efforts to not only dominate the argument, but also to dominate the other person. And certain situations seems to contribute a lot more to aggression within the conflict than others, like such as when people are intoxicated or using substances. Sound familiar? Not a good time to have conflict. So that's the unhealthy conflict. Healthy conflict, it can actually produce benefits because when people work through their conflict in a positive, in a constructive manner, in a respectful manner, they can learn more about each other, right? The understanding and also more about their relationships. And this can lead them to find more satisfactory resolutions and transformations to the problem that they're discussing at hand. And they can come up with very creative ways and solutions to transform it. And when you work through small problems, then they don't become big ones. And you also start to gain more confidence. I know for me over the years, working through conflict for more understanding, closer in my relationships, I gain more confidence with moving through conflict. Actually, there are times where I'm like, okay, conflict is coming or conflict is here. I know that in the past that I've moved through it in a healthy way and became closer and more understanding. So in some way, I look forward to the conflict, even though that it's uncomfortable, I know that I can move through it and get greater understanding and closer with this person. And of course, more insights to myself. So I can see it in a positive light. I don't have to have the prejudice and the bias that conflict is bad. And the insight of having healthy conflict is also not having what I've talked about before in other podcasts of what John Gottman, a couples researcher, has shown the four horsemen of the apocalypse, criticism, contempt, defensiveness, and stonewalling. Boy, folks, if you can remember those things, that if you have components of those while you're in conflict, it is not going down the right road. It is going to create some really negative outcomes from having those things in it. So you want to make sure that you dial those way down and police yourself around that. If you can recognize that you are criticizing the other person in conflict, talking about the personhood, being blaming, if you are, all you're doing is being defensive and you're explaining yourself and not trying to understand or validate what the other person's experience is first, that's going down the wrong road. 
if you're stonewalling, and I did another podcast on stonewalling. That was a recent one uh, this past December, December 17th on stonewalling. Check that one out. That's where you actually refuse to even talk, that you're not even acknowledging the other person. You're all, all of a sudden just power tripping. You're taking the, all the power away because you're not even engaging in the attempt to repair, the attempt to engage. So again, if you're doing those four things, you're not getting to the true goal of conflict, which is understanding and closeness. So I want to talk a little bit about what the underlying concerns that are what motivates relationship conflicts. Because again, you want to get what's the underlying forces that's creating this conflict. There was a researcher, Keith Sanford, of the Department of Psychology and Neuroscience at Baylor University in Texas. And his research focused on that there was perceived threats and perceived neglect. Those are two common underlying concerns in relationships, that people who experience perceived threat may feel that their status is being questioned and have issues with power and control, while those who perceive neglect fear abandonment and indifference from their partners. So in, this, in these studies, the results reveal that people who cited perceived neglect as their primary relationship concern, they wanted their partners to actively participate in the resolution and relationship by expressing more affection and communicating more. That's what they wanted. And those who perceived high levels of threat during conflict, they wanted their partners to disengage and to release power and control. They also said they wanted less adversarial action from their partners. Basically, they wanted their partners to back off. So those findings are very unique from, let's say, other studies because they isolate particular fears and desires. And it's really important for couples to try to understand what is the underlying fears or desires that is creating the conflict that they're having. So it's so important that you get to the underlying concerns that are in your conflict, your own and your partners, the person that you're in conflict with. That's the juice, folks. That's what will move you through to healthy conflict. Now, I know there's all kinds of ways to be able to communicate that, and that's very important to have all of those good relationship communication tools to self-soothe and to emotionally regulate and to also come from kindness and generosity. And I mean by generosity is be able to express yourself and give yourself of what it is that you're feeling and your vulnerability to give that in a generous way to another person and not just be defensive and closed off. So those are skills. Those take a lot of mindfulness. It takes a lot of intention and it takes a lot of practice. So therefore, like I always say, it takes a lot of compassion a lot of compassion for yourself, self-compassion in the process, and compassion 
for the other people that you're in a relationship to. So a couple other positive C words would be collaborating, right? Collaborating involves a high concern for the self and a high concern for the other. So the goal there is to have win-win for both parties. And that can require some time and creativity, but it usually does lead towards satisfaction for people. Another positive C word, yep, compromise, which reflects some degree of concern for everyone's needs and desires. You know, everyone must give up a little bit of what they want at times because compromise can take time, it takes patience, but that can also lead to more desirable outcomes. So, you know, when I work with couples, I tell them, you know, it's a myth that if you solve your problems, that you'll automatically be happy. Research shows that 70%, close to 70% of all issues in a relationship are unresolvable. So I need to teach couples that they're never going to solve most of their problems. That's right. So the key to a happy relationship isn't to eliminate all the conflict. What is key is for the ability to manage the conflicts that are inevitable in any relationship. Again, conflict is inevitable no matter who you're in a relationship with. So it's gaining the skills, developing the ability to successfully navigate conflict towards understanding and manage those conflicts in a healthy way. So remember, again, when you're pushing to resolve the conflict and the conflict is getting more and escalating, have a different mindset to try to understand what's underneath the conflict. And stay tuned, in the future, I'm going to be offering some online coursework around these podcasts. So especially around this one, the goal of conflict, the goal of healthy conflict is understanding. I'm going to help you walk through all of these processes that I'm talking through, give you examples and exercises, different phrases and ways to actually work through the conflict towards understanding and insight. Just wanted to plug that. I'm excited about to offer that in the future. I'll let you know when that's coming. Oh, I also want to say that I forgot to use a word, trigger. I think it's so important that we identify and understand what triggers us and our partner. And working on understanding each other's triggers is one of the most important things that we can do to avoid hurting one another and to also process the conflict in a healthy way. So identifying your triggers are very important. A trigger could be, I felt powerless. I felt forgotten when this happened. I felt unloved. I felt disrespected. I felt ignored. We need to understand the past stories that we're being triggered by usually something in childhood that is coming up that an incident that we can remember of our past in which that we got triggered in the same way that's happening in the conflict and the relationship. And we're having some of those same feelings. 
Usually in the past, we didn't recognize what we're feeling. Hopefully we can go back to that trigger and recognize what it was and see the similarity that is coming up in this conflict. So that's having insight and that's gaining understanding to your partner. So everybody, I hope you got it, that there is hidden value in conflict. I wish you luck in the discoveries and less pain in the struggles. Relationships, Let's Talk About It is a production of HeartShare Counseling and Consulting PC of Asheville, North Carolina. For more on licensed counselor Prepo Teplitsky, visit heartsharecounseling.com. Theme music by Adi the Monk. This content is intended for informational purposes only, is not a substitute for professional counseling and psychotherapy, medical advice, diagnosis or treatment, and does not constitute medical or other professional advice. Relationships, Let's Talk About It is produced by Auxbus. You can create your own professional podcast today faster and easier. Try it for free at auxbus.com. That's A-U-X-B-U-S dot com. Auxbus. <laughs> <laughs>